You're listening to the Pajama Pack Podcast. I'm your host, Alexis Romerl. I'm so excited for you to be here and learn with me today. Grab a notebook and a pen, and let's get down to business. Hi, everybody. Happy Sunday. You know it is my favorite day of the week. I hope that you have spent some time outside with your family, friends, animals, dogs, birds, everything. Speaking of birds, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll know that there's a bird making a nest in my spring wreath on my front door, and it's pretty crazy. She has started gathering some sticks about five days ago, and then today, she's got a real nest, and it's full of mud, and it's circular, and I'm just... I'm baffled by her intelligence. Today I'm going to share with you the most amazing conversation that I've ever had on Pajama Pack with two women, Bev and Heather, and they created a company called Be Brave Enterprise. They're the founders of Bitches Be Brave podcast, and they're just some of the most amazing people that I've ever met. Before our conversation with them, I wanted to let you know that the Bold Professionals Network is live and ready for you guys all to meet there and build that community. It's $9.99 a month, as in $9.99 a month, as in probably cheaper than my daily Starbucks bill. It's a platform for everyone, a recent college graduate, someone looking to refine their skills during the coronavirus crisis, or just someone that's needing a mentor while they're looking for a new job and they just really kind of don't know where to start. It's everything from resume revamps to cover letter writing, networking skills, interview questions, um, all of those things. And you can schedule a consultation with me personally right through that platform. With the membership, you get eight trainings per month, which is two per week. And you also have access to our Facebook group, Bold Professionals Network. If there's something that you want individually trained on, you can submit that in a post in the Facebook group using hashtag training ideas, and I'll address it and create a training just for you on the platform. If you've been following me and listening to the podcast, you know that the coronavirus crisis has been incredibly heavy on my heart, and Erin and I have been trying to find a way to serve the job-seeking community through all of this kind of turmoil. So I think that this is the perfect way to do it. Um, Not everything is individualized. It's mostly kind of a broader picture, but it's incredibly low ticket, and I know that it'll be accessible for basically everyone. If you don't think that the membership platform is for you, I do still have individual consultations available at any time, and you can schedule one of those on my website, alexisromerl.com. Anyways, without further ado, let's continue our April series of learning how to work from home with Bev and Heather, and I'm just so excited for you to listen to what they have to say. They've spent a lot of time in corporate America, which they'll totally talk about, and you'll be able to hear for yourself. But I'm incredibly inspired by their story and the way that they have handled themselves through some pretty difficult situations. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Bitches Be Brave. All right, ladies, why don't you give the listeners a little bit of a background about who you are and what you do? Bad, you want to go first? <laughs> go ahead. No, you go ahead. So, yeah, this is Heather. And... So I am um, a mom, and I have two boys that are both now teenagers, so uh, almost 14 and 16. But I worked in corporate as a director for well over 20 years. And But I have a background. My, my degree was actually as a dietitian. I was um, into nutrition and then studied functional diagnostic nutrition, um, taught fitness classes for well over a decade. And so health has always been like a huge passion of mine. And 
as I kind of climbed the corporate ladder in my business, I got, you know, farther and farther away in so many ways from health because I started to have, you know, I wasn't sleeping well and I had more stress and more anxiety and just started to feel this complete, complete clash. And I think that's kind of what brought Bev and I to say, you know, we need to do something about this. Like here it is. Why, why is it that as a working mom, you have to be and feel so stressed and kind of put yourself on the back burner and have all these things fall apart to feel like you're successful in your job and there's got to be a better way. Um, and so we had really, we've been friends for a really long time, well over 20 years. And it's kind of how we started together was to say, we want to, we want to merge these two, the experience that we have in corporate America, but also our passion for health and wellness overall. And yeah story goes from there. So Bev, I'll turn it to you. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm Bev Steele and Heather and I have known each other for over 20 years. We both met uh, when we both relocated to San Diego, California for work and we're much younger (laughs) and had a lot of energy. We started training for a marathon together and We've since gotten married. I have three daughters now, and we've continued to climb the corporate ladder with our companies and to try to achieve what we thought was what we really wanted, which was great careers that made us happy. And we were rewarded for that, but also be like the most amazing moms and wives. And basically, we wanted to do everything. Um, But we found through talking that we kind of felt like we were the only ones that we're like this. We're like, is there anyone else out there like us? Because we'd show up at drop-off for our kids and everybody seemed to be in their workout clothes going to the gym or we'd go to work and no one was talking about their families because God forbid you were thinking about your kid when you're at work because you're not focused, right? right? So we just had, you know, really had this passion for this, um, to put a voice to this for all working parents. And we decided one day just to start a podcast because we talk about a lot of things and really it's just taking that first step. And we took it on New Year's Eve, 2018. Is that right, Heather? New Year's Eve, 2018. And we went for it and it's been amazing. And that's kind of how we got to where we are today. That's amazing. And are you, I noticed you're, you're both, upcoming published authors. Are you writing a book together or are you writing separate books? Yeah, we're writing it together um, because I think we both have so many different experiences, right? And different viewpoints and a lot of similarities, but also a lot of different viewpoints in terms of stressors in our lives and things that have come up. And so we decided we wanted to write it together. It's also great, I think, to have kind of that accountability partner kind of gets you going, gets that fire underneath yeah. you. So yeah, probably later this year is when we're anticipating uh, that to come out. That's really cool. That's kind of uh, something that's on my bucket list um, after I, you know, actually find real content to write about, not just whatever I want. Um, so you guys- <laughs> Are you trying to say when you have some years behind you like we do? <laughs> <laughs> years and wrinkles, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is not what I said, but it's okay. I <laughs> take it that way. Um, that's funny. So you created the Brave Enterprise and the Be, Bra- Be Brave podcast, and 
Um, to walk me through that, I mean, you're, you know, you already have not loads of time working and being moms and you just decided to, to just start this and take one small step. I mean, I think in the big picture, we have always known that we have a dream to do something big and to go big. Um, but for us, we needed to overcome some fears and that was our first step towards overcoming those fears. And I think with every interview, we realize that we are not alone, that this is a bigger conversation and that we really need leaders today to be setting the example and to be talking about this. So from what started for Heather and I just, you know, really wanting to follow our passion has become really even a greater passion. And that's why, you know, we've moved into writing this book and we have some other things planned down the road. Yeah, that's really incredible. And and how often do you encounter or coach or speak to women who are feeling the same way? All the time. I think it's um I mean, I think that's why we we felt so compelled to start the podcast and to write the book and to do this because we feel like we definitely are those everyday women, right? We are the person, um, like so many of our friends. And if we could be the spokesperson on behalf of so many other men and women, um, out there that feel the way that we do, then we thought, you know, it's a, it's a great purpose in life and a passion of ours to do so. And, you know, it's not easy. I mean, just like everything we talk about, um, we have our lives are packed, busy. I, we both travel, um, but I used to travel until, till all the COVID-19 stuff, but every week on a plane and coming and going, and you're trying to maintain your home life and your work life. And, um, I never thought in a million years that I would have the time or ability. I always thought, well, one day if something happens and I get time and I get money, then I can start and go after my passion and, you know, it really did take, it was, it was Bev and I, and she kind of twisted my arm to say, we just, let's just do this, just to make a cut, you know, cut a couple hours out of our week and start with a podcast. And you, what you find is that when you're passionate about something and it feels amazing, you're going to make more and more time for it. And it's going to not feel like work. It's going to feel awesome. And I think that's, what's really started to, um, to build. And that's, you know, that's the thing I want people to know. It's just never too late to start. And even if you think you don't have the time, you don't have the money, sometimes just taking one small step and doing, doing something on a consistent basis really can grow to be a dream come true. Yeah. It's amazing. I, um, I was talking with someone named Wendy. She was on the podcast on, on my show last week and she was like, you know, I work like 13, 14 hours a day, but it's not because I think that it's work. It's because it's something that I'm actually passionate about and I like to give back to the community that I'm serving and coach my clients and all of those things. So that I definitely understand that. Like you can work all day and on something that you love and it just feels like a hobby. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's true. Um, and just getting back to your question on, you know, how often we coach Heather and I don't actually coach right now. And the reason that we don't is that we firmly believe that this is not an issue with the mom, working mom or the working dad not being able to get themselves together and not doing enough because they are doing enough and they don't really need someone to tell them, hey, get up earlier or do this. It really needs to be a marriage of corporate America 
and the employee coming together and saying, hey, it's not work-life balance. It's just life. So for us, it is going to be, it's, it will be important. We do have plans for a corporate program that will marry the employee and the company. Um, but to us, it, that has to happen to make real change. Yeah. Um, I, I remember when we were going through the outline, I asked what, what is the biggest struggle? And you guys were like, we're not really talking about struggle. So can you kind of build on that, on how life is busy and, and how the work-life balance is seen today and how it, it should be seen? Yeah, I think, I think that's what, you know, when we say that we're not talking about the struggle, I think it's just not, people aren't talking about how tough it is, right? You, you see these women, you know, that used to be that there weren't enough women in leadership, and now we're seeing a lot of women in leadership and you just look at them and go, wow, they really hold it all together. They have their kids and they have all this. And because they're not talking about how much, how difficult it might be or what right. their support system looks like. Right. And I think that's the part I'm really talking about is that it's life is busy. And when you look at people that are successful, they're not just keeping it all together because they're so awesome. Either they're not really keeping it together or they have a really great support system. Um, in place and they have ways to help take care of themselves to keep themselves spiritually and mentally and physically um, at their best. And, you know, I think that's really what we need to talk about and have. And as Bev had said, you know, we really feel passionate that corporations and organizations need to allow their employees to do that. And they need to have services in place that help their employees really have the support that they need, because we think it's really something that's not being addressed. Um, a lot of organizations think they are, they're like, oh, we really focus on work-life balance and, you know, we, it's okay. nobody send emails on the weekends or, you know, there are these very broad general type of services or support and it's really not getting down to the true need. Yeah. I think that's, that's so true. And when I was in college, I was doing this internship for this startup company and they, they really talked about how much they loved work-life balance and they love their employees and you know you don't have to dress business casual to come to work and you can have a ping pong table in the office but at the same time you have to be there from 7:30 to 5:30 and you only get 30 minutes for lunch and you can only leave blah 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 and all these things and I was like I want to get there a little bit later and not play ping pong during the day like that's not important to me mm-hmm. how do you think these companies are that's a you know small example of large corporations, but how do you think these companies are coming up with their work life, you know, terms, but still finding ways to benefit themselves instead of their employees? Well, I just think that business has been business the way it's been done for so long. So the manager that's managing you was managed that way. Mm -hmm. And there hasn't been a strong turn because, you know, a, a progressive manager is going to manage results, right? No matter how they get that result. Hey, if you come in later and you're not going to play the ping pong game, but you're delivering for our company and to our bottom line, that is the most important thing. And I think it, it it's fascinating to me, you know, we're in these unprecedented times right now and all these employees are working from home and you read these articles about companies that are making their employees be on Zoom so they can actually watch and make sure they're working. Now, to me, the system is greatly broken if you feel like your employee needs to be watched all day long. Yes. That's the problem. Yeah. That's, 
I, I completely agree. And, and, you know, I've seen a lot of articles. I was recently in the sports industry and that's, that was my passion before I decided that I wanted to work for myself. And I see these articles in the sports business journal about companies who don't know how to handle this because they're so used to it. And they're asking their employees to write articles in the, in the journal about what they're doing. They're not, they're not helping them with resources. They're just saying, what are you doing? We want to know. And it's, and people aren't comfortable saying what, you know, really what's going on. They haven't created that environment that seems safe to even say what's happening. Right. So it starts at the top with creating that environment where you feel safe to talk about what the true issues are. Yeah. Like you don't want to say that you're playing with your dog from 12 to 1230 because it de-stresses <laughs> you, which by the way, I hear a big dog barking in a background. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that must be you, Heather, because I have little dogs. I don't know. I haven't heard her, but that's probably likely. And I apologize. No, it's <laughs> you know, great. Working, working from home, you can only threaten people. You can only threaten your animals. So. <laughs> My dog whines. I have a big dog too. And she whines every time I'm like doing anything that's not petting her or playing with her. And so I have to go in a different room. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about the imbalance in work life and how does that really affecting people? Mentally, physically. I think, I mean, I I think it's not only affecting the individual. I think it's affecting their families. I think it's affecting our children. I think it's affecting teenagers today. There's a lot of stress. I mean, if you are a child growing up with both parents at work, which is more the norm today than it ever was, and they're stressed and they have to give more and do more and work more, how is that? relating to your, your whole family environment? Um, how are you being able to focus and really do what you need to do? And if you worked in an environment where, Hey, it's okay. If you need to leave and go see your five-year-old spring concert, go, um, you know, companies that make employees take personal time for those types of things, instead of really looking at the big picture here, you know, what do we really as a a country and a world want our culture to be? Yeah. I mean, I think too, when you look at how it's affecting, I mean, there's, there's short-term and long-term consequences, right, of this imbalance. Um, I mean, short-term, you're going to have, you know, lower productivity, you're going to have higher stress, you're going to sleep less, you know, you're going to miss these events in your family, which then leads to sometimes family relationship problems, even long-term on your health. I mean, when when you're stressed and you're feeling this imbalance ongoing chronically, um, you know, they're showing there's a, a correlation. There's a higher risk of coronary heart disease and stroke and depression and anxiety. And all of that ends up sometimes leading into even worse things like autoimmune disease or cancers. And so you don't see it, right? It's not like this, this fast and immediate thing, but over years, if you are constantly feeling this pressure and not, and you know, I'm the perfect example. I mean, I have major sleep issues and I, you know, I used to always talk about that. I've always been very health conscious. I, you know, watch what I eat and I, for the most part, <laughs> and I watch, you know, I usually get exercise on a very regular basis and I have all those other things dialed in, but sleep, right? Lack of sleep and having high anxiety and high stress over time. I mean, that just really can, can really do damage on your body. And so I think that's the thing we have to really just bring to light um, what this does to people 
right? To your health, to your relationships, to everything. But also when you don't have healthy people, you're not going to have a healthy organization and you're not going to be productive and you're not going to be engaged in your work. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's been really eye-opening with my coworkers that I, and even my clients that I've been talking to that are home. And I have to say this, predominantly male that are kind of, they don't know what to do with themselves. They're not used to being at home. They're not used to being with their kids because they're always at work. And because, and these are like high, you know, achieving individuals I'm talking about that have put probably most of their efforts into their jobs. So now they're home. They don't necessarily have hobbies that they can get that release from. They're not used to being around their kids. I mean, it's very eye-opening to me, the conversations that I'm having. And shouldn't your family life, your, you know, whatever is your, you know, hobby or something that you just love doing that has nothing to do with your job, shouldn't that be all incorporated into your everyday life, not just during a situation when you're in a quarantine? My family has always had an incredible dynamic. So we are loving all this time, but my friends whose parents are in corporate America are like, my dad is sad and my mom does not know what to make for dinner. And like people don't know how to spend this idle time because it's not two hours at night after you get home from work before you go to bed anymore. It's eight hours of your day at home working and being with your family. Yeah. You know, I, I really think, you know, you can be a voice to the younger employee. You know, Heather and I aren't saying you shouldn't be working as hard. You shouldn't be achieving as much that the company owes you. What we're saying is, you know, most employees are harder on themselves than any boss is going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to do well. We're like children. We want to do well. <laughs> we want to be successful. Allow us to do that and allow us to be smart enough to know when it's appropriate for me to be spending time with my family, when it's appropriate for me to be at work, and give me the deadline and I'll get it done. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like, you know, I'm not as versed on this topic as you guys are, but this is sparking a little bit inside of me. And I think what it comes down to is honestly just trust and communication. And as a young employee, I've had managers who aren't trustworthy regardless of my work ethic and employers who are incredibly trustworthy. And I can, you know, leave at four to go coach my softball team on Mondays because he knows I have practice an hour away from our office, you know, things like that. And so I'm just curious. We, I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this question, but if you guys were starting a corporation right now, which you technically are, and you were hiring employees, what would your policies in terms of all of this be? I mean, I think the most important thing is to for people to know that, you know, we are, work is what we do. It is not who we are. And so we need to be able to fold in work into our life and not fold our life into our work. And I think that's, that's a common, you know, problem that so many of us have. You almost come onto this identity of what you do and you get caught up in it. And so I think to your question, if we're going to create like the perfect company, it's going to be giving, you know, giving people that trust and that autonomy to be able to get the work done when and how they need to get it done and not to, um, you know, put these, these restrictions and, 
everything on people and to just really like support them as an individual and their families and the things that matter. And you, know, you need to have an open communication. So you have a pulse on what's going on and what needs to be changed. And that's ongoing. That's not like a once a year thing or, a, you know, you, you join some program, you do it, and then you walk away from it. It's, it's constantly listening to what's going on with your employees. Yeah, I agree. I think no job description is accurate. Probably 75% of it is not. If you've ever had a job description and you've read it, you're like, wow, I never did that. (laughs) Or waiting a year for a review is ridiculous. And like you said, it's communication. You know, who, any plan that we, whether you're, you're in charge of a budget or a, a revenue goal, or you are trying to save costs for the company, we all have a, a road, a plan, a map, right? And when it is unreasonable and you can't get that done, the communication from the employee to their manager or the manager to the employee, it needs to evolve. Those things shouldn't be looked at just one time a year. That should be looked at, you know, where, where, where are you meeting your measurements? Where, you know, when, when there's like that, when you're very open and transparent as a manager and as an employee, then it's not a big deal. They're like, I, I completely know where she or he is at. And I completely trust my manager. So, of course, there's not going to be that hiding of I need to run out to go see my five-year-old's performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important, you know, on the flip side for those managers to to say, hey, I have my kids spring play tonight and I'm letting everyone know that I'm going to leave today and you're, you know, just watch that I'm doing this and leading by example and taking family and friends and life into their own hands. And like you guys said, I think it might've been Heather, like not work to live or work to live and not live to work basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I remember we all can have stories of managers, uh, but I had one right when I was a new mother that would call our offices on a Saturday just to see which managers would be going in on the weekend to put in those extra hours. Well, I just was not going to do it. I had a new baby. Um, But I was always left to feel like I wasn't doing enough. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, at that time, I was one of the – I was a general manager at that time. I had one of the top performing areas for our company at that time. And I wasn't in – you know, things were successful, but I still constantly felt like I wasn't doing enough because I couldn't be that person in on a Saturday. So, I mean, I think right now, you know, before we went into the situation that we are in as in this country, you know, unemployment was at its all time low. I think when we come out of this, there's going to be a lot of very, very good talent out there. And there's going to be employees that may have been pushed and they're really going to be looking for that company that can provide, you know, a life for them, a true well-rounded life where they can incorporate everything that they love into every day. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. And luckily, I think things have changed a lot, right? I mean, we're, Bev and I are in a different generation than like the millennials that I think do feel that they have more power to jump around and to go after and find the job that is a good fit. But when you are a business and you want to retain your employees and you want to have employee engagement, you know, that's not ideal. And so I think that's what there, there really is this gap right now between how can you provide that lifestyle that people want and crave to be able to have a life and have a career 
but you know, not have to, but also have a productive business. And so I think that's really where we need to, to change it. And I'm glad to see some things have changed. I mean, even with like paternity leave and, you know, women are, are definitely taking more time. I mean, both of my pregnancies, I was working. I was taking calls. I had, my boss had told me to take my computer and my phone on my honeymoon years ago. And, um, I mean, it's just, you did. You did. (laughs) (laughs) I did. And, you know, I'm both, yeah, both of my kids, I mean, just like flying when you're on maternity leave and just not really ever just taking that time. And it's, I I think we, we are making progress, but we just need to, we need to, you know, continue that and we need to bring that into the organization. Yeah. I, I, you took your phone and your computer on your honeymoon? <laughs> well, I have to back up that actually I got married before there were really probably cell phones. So I, my boss, though, I specifically remember said, I need to know the phone number of the hotel you're at in case there's, you know, a big, a big problem or a concern. I'm like, my own mother doesn't know. <laughs> I'm going to oh be on my honeymoon. My it was, that you is- know, it's a different, it was a very different place back then. I and mean, it was definitely an old boys club and tough, you know, in most of my career, I've been the only woman, the only female manager in a lot of the roles. And, um, oh my gosh, you know, I could go on and on of just situations where you, you learn to hide your life. You learn to stuff it because you learn that those that share and were open were the ones that were held back. And that's, that's a problem. It's a problem. This is this conversation that we are having I can't wait to share it with my world, my my friends, you know, the 22 to 20 to 32 year old friends that I have that are like we need we need this. Like like when I first got out of college and I was like interviewing for jobs and everything, like you know, you get a pulse and you get a um a stomach feeling on the managers that's sitting across the table from you when you're interviewing. And I remember going to an interview. I I was still in college and I was like, I need a job. I need a job. I need a job. Like when I get out of college, cause all my friends have them. And there was this man sitting across from me and we were talking and he was like, yeah, I'd love to hire you. And I was like, I think I need to think about it because in my gut, I knew like I was going to have to be there on Saturdays and I wanted to make sure I could go watch Aaron coach. And I wanted to make sure that I could hang out with my parents and my, my sister. And, you know, I wanted that piece and I was afraid to ask for that. And I feel like maybe with your conversation that you guys are starting to have and I can maybe jump on that bandwagon and do that, we can encourage people to, to stick to what they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it is, you know, you really are interviewing that company as much as they are interviewing you. And if the answer that they give you is not what you want, or you're not a match because you said what you want, it's not a match. You know, you will, you'll find that, that place. I, you know, I, it makes me think of when I had my first daughter and I took three months off, I went back to work and I cried. And I was in a, in a, situation where I was managing 45 employees and I was leaving this baby at home with a sitter and I was miserable. Mm -hmm. So I I sat down with my husband. I said, I, you know, I can't do this. And he encouraged me to talk with my company. And he said, if they don't want to work with you, we'll figure it out. If they do, 
then you have an opportunity. And it did go that way. My company did not want to lose me. I was a, a good employee. I was a producer and they created a position for me where I was able to work from home. So I didn't have that commute um, and still, you know, provide value back to the company. So you never know where those conversations are going to take you. And it just goes back to, you know, brave enterprises. We always tell all, all of our guests, you got to be brave. You know, you got to be brave and especially for yourself and your life. Yeah, I, I, this is great. Um, so just kind of to, to wrap this up quickly, but not quickly, cause I don't ever want this conversation to end. Um, what is what one tip that you might have for women who are working from home for the first time right now during the coronavirus crisis? Well, I think that, you know, the one thing I would say is that you're not working from home, you're home trying to work. And a lot of women, if you, if you don't typically work from home, you might not have even had a designated space or a quiet area, right? I've been, I've always kind of worked from home. So I at least have an office and my kids kind of know when the door's shut, you don't come. But when you're new to this, I think it's just that much challenging. And especially depending on what the ages of your kids are, um, you know, one of my sons is is on has Asperger's and he's very impulsive. And so it's, um, it's, it's challenging, you know, it's super challenging. And I think the thing is, is just to give yourself grace and try to be strategic in how you schedule your life and be really open with people. I can't take calls at this particular time. This is, you know, um, just a really nuts time for my family or to allow yourself breaks schedule. If you can say, I need to take off an hour or two. I need to get my kids lunch or I need to go take them out and make them run or do something um, (laughs) to break up your day. But you have to be transparent. You have to communicate what's going to work because if not, you are just, you know, it's going to become extremely stressful. And, you know, you brought this up earlier Alexa, it's about some people who just feel that stress, like now I'm home, I need to make dinner every day and I need to make sure that I'm doing all the things that like I would do as a, as a stay at home mom. Um, but you're not. And so you still need to, I think, really prioritize and structure your life as you would with working, um, but really give yourself grace. And, you know, the one thing I would, I'm a really huge proponent of too, is you've got to make time for yourself, for self-care, because if you are not putting yourself first, you're not going to be able to give your best to other people. And, you know, I'm a huge about exercise and I just, I would call it my therapy. And it's like, you need to make sure you're making time for you so that you're sane and that you have more patience and you can give more and you have more of a tolerance. So that would be my number one recommendation. Yeah. And I would just add to that, agree with all of that is that, you know, you can let a phone ring and go into voicemail. If you are with your kids, be present with your kids. Nobody wants to be on the phone when they hear your kid in the background crying and they know that you probably are distracted. You can always return a call within the hour. Just, you know, be where you're at. When you're at work, be where you're at. If you need to be with your kids, I mean, no company or client will want you to put your kid in jeopardy just so you can make that phone call. And the other thing I would say is just get up an hour earlier. There's nothing like that morning when everything's quiet before all the kids get up just to get yourself together so you're not just thrown into the craziness. Um, I, I believe w- once I started having kids and I started working from home, I, I love my mornings and I think it's really a great time to either 
meditate or do a walk or something for yourself and get your mind where it needs to be. Yeah. I definitely think that those are really good tips. And I know that our listeners have been kind of grasping all the month of April, we've been doing a work from home series and they've been grasping for answers. And I know that, you know, no matter how old you are or what your job is, or if you are a stay at home mom and now all of a sudden your husband's home or your, your wife's home or whoever, and you know, you're just kind of, it's different for everyone and, and it's, it's affecting everyone's life, whether they, they know it or not. So Thank you, Heather and Bev, for being here. Um, this has been probably the most fun podcast I've done in a really long time. So I really want to thank you for coming. And I hope that maybe we can have you back in a in a year or so after Brave Enterprises has taken off. That sounds great. Or when our book comes out, that would be awesome. Yeah, that would be the perfect time. Yes, we will definitely do yeah. that. We would love that. Awesome. Okay. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. I hope you learned a little bit about yourself while listening to the women of Be Brave talk today on Pajama Pack. Thank you so much for being here and learning with me today. I look forward to another week of the Work From Home series next Sunday. If you loved this episode, make sure to leave a review at the bottom and subscribe to Pajama Pack. Information on where to find Bev and Heather are in the show notes, as well as all of the information on Bold Professionals Network. So make sure to join that. I can't wait to see you there. All right, everyone, that's it. And I will see you next Sunday. Mm-hmm.